0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Track podcast. I'm Liv Ekpone, joined with Ashley Titians. We had to push our show back a day. Ashley and I have been on the road for the last two days, grabbing some amazing content, which we're super excited for everyone to see. But Ashley, how are you feeling? Ashley's actually in full marathon training right now. I just want to throw that
1: out there. So I don't know if everyone Ashley. needs to know that. Me and my <laughs> amateur pursuit of running a marathon, but. I'm feeling okay, you know? Like you said, we were on the road getting some cool uh, workout Wednesday shoots actually. So that could be some more stuff to come with some of the top high schoolers in the country. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, great couple of last days. But as we talk about our show, we have a very
0: special guest who broke a new collegiate record in the 1K over the weekend. We're gonna recap the USA Track and Field Cross Country Championships. We're gonna chat about some of the fast, mile times that we saw at Altitude we're going to talk some pro talk, highlight some of the talents that we're going to be going to the BU, John Thomas, Terrier Classic. Lots to unfold here. So without further ado, Ashley, who is our special guest for the day?
1: Yes, Liv. I know we're both very excited for this one. We are joined today by Tenoda Matsatsa, who is a freshman at Georgetown, and he's from Maryland. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you already know this, but this weekend, he broke the collegiate record in the 1K at the Hokie Invitational 218.05. I know we're really excited to have Tenoda, so thank you for joining us. <laughs> so, obviously, you kicked off your freshman year already on a pretty high note. You're only, you know, about a month or so into indoor season, and you break that NCAA men's 1K record. You know, how was that transition, do you think, from high school to college for you and then just getting off to such, you know, great start?
2: I think, <clears throat> I think the transition was pretty smooth. I did come into um, college injured, like, over the summer. But um, I started but when I I started like running again, like late September, doing workouts like early October, I think like I think the transition was pretty smooth and like training was going well and I haven't gotten hurt since. So.
1: Gotcha. What was I was gonna say, what was that injury? (laughs) So what was that injury like, I guess, if you don't mind elaborating on that?
2: Yeah, um I had a uh I had a disc hernia in my in my lower back for mm-hmm. about like 2 months. I tried running on it for 2 weeks cuz I didn't cause I thought it would go I thought it would go away like pretty quickly cuz it happened while I was playing like a different sport, but it didn't it didn't end up going away quickly. Then I got an MRI and then and then they were like, "Yeah, you can't run for like at least a month." And I was like, "Okay." And then um of course it was it was more than okay, but it was a uh, it was it was definitely hard to take since I did want to do um summer training and, and I did have like one more race I wanted I wanted to do over the summer but um after like after after I went to a, like a back doctor and got in the weight room once I came to Georgetown like everything went pretty well with my back
0: well that's good to hear I'm happy to hear that you're healthy and obviously I couldn't even tell you were injured because you just like as Ashley mentioned kicked off the season on a very high note I wanna just talk about your one K race over <clears throat> the last weekend at the Hokie Invitational. You clocked at 21805, took down a collegiate record that stood for a week <laughs> it was two eighteen ten. Were you let's just talk about the morning and the day, like when you got up over the weekend, what how were you feeling? And just kind of walk us through that process of how that day started for you and how the race just unfolded.
2: So basically, I woke up and I um, and I and I went to eat breakfast and I was feeling kind of nervous. I I did get a lot of food, but I only ate like half of it and I touched like a quarter of my waffle because I was like I was like really nervous and I and I and I sat there, contemplating life for like ten minutes I think <laughs> with my team, and then uh and then I went back to my room and I just chilled it in my bed and then I had my shakeout at around like ten at around twelve. 40 ish I think and then it was just a 10 minute shakeout and then and then I did some quick drills after that to get the legs loose <clears throat> and then after that um I went back to my room and I just sat in my bed for another like couple hours I think I did I got some homework done at uh during that time and then I got some chipotle at like three o'clock around that time and then I ate the whole bowl if you guys want to know the bowl
1: yeah wait, yeah I want to know the order yes, what's the bowl give order us the yeah <laughs>
2: so i got i got white rice, black beans, chicken, cheese and corn. It's simple but like it tastes so good. It's genuinely perfect. Okay, and so that's
1: the, the secret then.
2: That's the secret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then i went back up to my room and i and then and then while i was eating like that's when it starts to hit me that like that i like i did want to run fast that day like i i like in my mind i had i did have the national record in mind if i did come through in 150 through the 800 but I was thinking that if I come through in 150 I would like kind of fade and like probably like run 220 ish so I was hoping I was hoping to go after the school record that day which is 220.4 I think and then um and then it really hit me that that I was racing in like three hours and then I then I got really nervous and then um and then I took a nap at around like 330 or 345 and then it was like it was like an hour nap. I set an alarm for four forty five because because we had to go on the bus at five o'clock. And then I woke up and I felt rested, but I still felt nervous. And then we got to the track. And then um, and then I I don't know what I did when I went to oh yeah I checked in my spikes and then I watched some races and then and then we warmed up. And then like during the warm up I like I, c- I kind of wasn't feeling it, like I don't like I felt tired and lethargic almost. So I thought today was gonna be. I thought that day was gonna be like, like a bad race. I thought I thought I was actually gonna fade coming through the eight hundred, and then, and then I kept on warming up and like, it didn't get better. So I was like, oh man. But like, my, but my strides did feel good, but like, but the energy felt low. But once I but but, but once I got on the line and like raced, I was like everything was fine. Thankfully. Wow. Oh,
0: okay. So you were going into the weekend with a mindset of, I'm about to drop something fast. Yeah. Is is that the gist? Okay. Fun fact, too. Our producer just messaged us saying that is her exact order at Chipotle. So I feel like that's the <laughs> key right here. No <laughs> way. Just, no, she literally just messaged us and was like, it's so funny. That is my exact order from Chipotle. So I think that's just the key. Okay. <laughs> that's the key. So when you, so you cross that finish line and you saw 2.18.05, did it feel, like, did the race feel fast? To you, did it feel like record-breaking speed in Noda's legs? The,
2: the last lap did like we okay. got paced the first three laps and it was like twenty seven mid twenty-six point nine, then twenty-eight mid, and like that felt easy. And then, but I did I did realize I was falling off the pace on the third lap because my teammate Abel came like alongside me, and he like obviously he was racing to like win and like be fast right so then so then so then that told me that i was that i was slowing down so i knew i had to pick up the pace and then the fourth lap i was i was just i was pushing but like kind of cruising and then i and then i had and then i realized i wasn't going lactic coming into the coming into the last 200 and then and i actually came through in 150 so i was like let me just put everything let me just leave everything on on the track and like just run a fast last lap and that I did and like I think I think I mostly felt tired in the last 50 because everything felt fine until like I until the last 50 where I was like really pushing and like struggling kind of
1: So what was that emotion like when you actually see on the board like 218.05 like what was the environment like
2: I was happy and surprised like at first I was like at first I was happy and then and then as soon as I realized what I actually did I was I was I was like, I was surprised because usually the goals I set in mind like aren't attainable, like, like, <laughs> like, like. Last year I wanted to run like 146 low, but I was injured like twice, di- twice during the season. So like, obviously that didn't happen. But like, but but I didn't. But going after the, going after the national record, I didn't expect to actually get it. So at first I crossed the line. I saw like, 218 point zero five and i was super happy but then as but then like the more i like the more i like jogged around the track to my teammates i was like did i actually just do that at first (laughs) i thought the time was fake but then they said it on the on the speaker i think and then they said they said 218.06 or zero i think was it zero six or zero five
1: i think it was zero five (laughs) yeah i'm right yeah they said
2: they said they said it was (laughs) 218.05 Facility record. I guess I didn't know at the time that it was a that it was a collegiate record, but in my mind, I knew. And my coach also said, also screamed, he got the record as soon as I, as soon as I like crossed the line. So from that, I knew.
1: Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Now I do have a follow up kind of to that. So I know, um, you know, we kind of covered you when you were in high school and stuff with mile split, and so we saw you. Obviously, you were like, you know, one of if not the top. 800 runner last year when you were in high school so we've seen you run plenty of 800s what's kind of how do you have to kind of change your approach when you add on that extra 200 to go for like the full thousand
2: i definitely went out like way slower and like more and more controlled because in like in, in every like they say my coach said to run it like and like an 800 but i didn't want to but like going out fast wasn't obviously an option because i don't want to go out in like 50 like two and then like and then like just fade off in the last few when i'm going like completely lactic or have like weirdly uneven splits like 52 50 like 58 and then like a 27 or like a 28 that's that's i don't think that's the way to like a 1k but i think like i think i just got out slower and like relied on my on my on my strength and like and how a 1 easy sh- and how a 150 should feel easy at this point uh in the season
0: I have two follow up questions first one I know like as Ashley mentioned we've covered you since you were in high school we've seen you run the eight we see you go sub four in the mile as a high school athlete do you consider a 1k a sprint like where does that kind of fit in with how you like approach it in a way
2: that's a great question (laughs) I kind of don't I would say okay like, I would say it's a really long stride. Cause I, I can I like that answer. I that's like fair.
1: that. Like, See, if you're fair. yeah, live for you. I know you would say a one k is like a run. Cause <laughs> Liv over here thinks me. a five hundred is a run. Like, come on. It is.
0: Ask any sprinter. It's a run. Anything more than four hundred meters is a run.
2: It's a, run. Less is that's, a sprint. That's interesting. For <laughs> sure.
0: Do you think a five hundred is a sprint?
2: Yes, I sprint like What the, the heck? Like, yeah, it's I, absolutely a I sprint. No,
0: no yeah. I would not approach a 500 like I would a four, in my personal opinion. But, anyhow, my second follow up question I know you just mentioned that you like going for goals that are somewhat unattainable, but I think that's honestly amazing because it forces you to grow and stretch yourself into another environment. Instead of taking these baby steps, you're like, hey, instead of going. You know just think of an average person you know 151 i'm striving for 148 right so what unattainable goals does tenoda have on his bucket list then what are some of those mm. goals that you're like to stretch for
2: by the end of my college campaign i do want at least i wouldn't i wouldn't based off of like this weekend i wouldn't say this like unattainable per se but like i do want at least two and two ncaa titles i oh, say I two know. and not that more. that is
0: fantastic like... <laughs> i feel like you got that one
2: <laughs> i hope so i say two and, and not more because races are seasons and races are unpredictable so like having okay. at least two as having like a good season is like that i would like and i do want to go like 145 low indoors by the end of by the I end of college that. and like probably, probably 143 high by the end of college outdoors.
1: I think those Sweet. are some solid goals.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this year, I just want to make it to, to NCA's at, at least.
1: Awesome. I we I know we hope that we will see you there at NCAA's, that is for sure. Now for sure. shift gears a little bit. I want to talk for a bit about NIL because I know you are part of that. Kind of that first class of athletes i believe to sign an nil deal with new balance um so take me a little bit through that process and like what that was like and you know what it means to be a part of the the new balance family in this whole world of nil it
2: does it does mean a lot because i did go to a lot of like new balance sponsored events last year and in my like like my first nationals that i went to was was new balance nationals and i think that did like running 415 there did like help me elevate like, my running in the outdoor season to, like, be more aware of my fitness. And um, <clears throat> and um, I think, like, the process for, for getting it was, like, it was kind of simple because my coach, um, she, um, like, she, I think when they were starting it, she mentioned my name, I think. I don't know how exactly it went down, per se, on her side. But I know on my side, she told me, like, a week or two after New Balance Nationals, and, um, like when I was in Florida on vacation and she said that I, that, that, that there's a strong chance that I would get an NIL and I was like, oh, no way. And I didn't know that it would be like something like as big as this and as large, cause I haven't seen like, like a lot of high school, well, obviously we haven't seen a lot of high school athletes get high school running athletes get like NILs from New Balance, but like it was just something new to me. So I didn't know how to like respawn at the moment but as soon as everything like got into gear i realized how big of a deal this was and i was really like happy that i was one who got the who got the opportunity to like get it in the first like class per se yeah
1: that's awesome I think that's great and, yeah um i'm also kind of curious like so obviously you know new balance gives you gear and that stuff you wear like what else is kind of you know part of what you do as part of your deal with new balance
2: i do get i do get i do get some money and i did and I do get to go to, like, New Balance sponsored events as, like, a New Balance uh, ambassador, and I'm there, like, helping them with things and, like, and um, talking to people as well.
1: Awesome. Very cool. And I I do get to run
2: in their gear whenever I run unattached, so that's fun. Got
1: it. Got it. Yeah, that's, like, that's such the weird thing when, like, you have an NIL deal, but, like, your school isn't sponsored. Like, obviously, your jersey, like, wouldn't be New Balance. Interesting. Very cool. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm
1: just kind of piggybacking piggybacking on
0: nil and new balance you're probably in the know that like new balance is i think being very generous when it comes to giving these athletes especially in high school the opportunity to sign nil deals they just dropped a couple of names this past week have you guys started feeling like a family almost especially because i feel like this is just the start in our sport when it comes to nil at the high school level especially
2: kind of yeah because because uh, a lot of the guys that I know that that have been getting it, I've like like I've raced them and I've had and I've had like uh, conversations conversations with them. So it's good it's good to have other runners that that I know be a part of my like a part of the New Balance a part of the New Balance family that we're like starting. Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome. And go ahead, Ashley. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So you know, kind of shifting back to I know we already asked you about some of your unobtainable goals or whatever you know that you call them but I'm just curious you know now we've got a couple months left of the indoor season and then we'll transition to outdoor for you what's kind of the ultimate end goal when it comes to your freshman indoor season and then looking ahead to your freshman outdoor season
2: definitely freshman indoor season if I do make it to NCAAs I would like a top five finish I think I I think I do have the kit I think I am capable of doing that uh that's really like the only goal I have left for the season other than qualifying for it of course hopefully tomorrow and then um outdoor season I am I'm am looking to to run a mile outdoors because I think I think I'm I think I'm in great shape to of course I'm in amazing shape to run and 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 eight but I'm also in great shape to run a mile so I'm, I'm just wondering if I can PR my first outdoor race come outdoor
0: fantastic Kind of also just looking ahead, this is an Olympic year. So I feel like everyone's goals are kind of surrounding that. How has that process been for you to kind of train for that? I know it can only, I can only imagine how difficult it's been. And I know you said it was a smooth transition from high school running to collegiate running. For some, it's a huge challenge. But again, you're also navigating the change in workload, constant travel now. So how have you and your coaches just kind of mapped out a plan as you enter this olympic year and just what are you kind of striving for are you looking to qualify in the eight are you looking to qualify in the mile just what are your goals surrounding this olympic year
2: i think i'd probably lean towards qualifying for the for the eight but the only problem with that is if i do if i do end up qualifying then like reaching the all the olympic standard time would be like very hard because i'm pretty sure that's 144
1: yeah i think yeah Mm -hmm. it's pretty pretty quick
2: that's i don't don't think i don't think i'll be at i don't think i'll be that fast by by the end of freshman outdoor season but if it does happen then like we'll see i guess but i i i highly doubt that but i but going but but going to trials and getting and getting experience in like qualifying slash championship racing is something that i would like to do for to have like experience for the future
0: awesome all right i'm gonna ask you this because i feel like you've done a little bit of everything i'm gonna steal ash's question do you prefer cross country indoor track or outdoor track which one's your favorite season
2: i have to go with outdoor track
0: okay why is that
2: but but like it's 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 complicated though because indoors. <laughs> kind of like the 800 more but outdoor I like the mile more
1: actually I can see why that makes sense is it like the I mean you're you're running less laps than the mile out outdoors I feel like sometimes a mile indoors feels so much longer than it really is
2: yeah (laughs) and like and 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 getting splits for my like mile during the race is like I, I see it simpler like I know what I'm running per lap but in like a mile indoors like i don't know what i'm supposed to be at through the 600 or 1k or 1400 so like then i'm a little bit confused indoors also i also haven't had like a good mile campaign like like lap my senior indoor like kind of wasn't that good so that's probably why i'm like leaning more to the mile outdoors <laughs> but like also that like i don't know the indoor 800 is also like i don't know i feel like i just pace it better i don't know why but like it just yeah, it, it just feels a little better. It 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 might be the bank curve. Probably I'm not sure. It could be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you feel like you kind of are flying more on the curve. Yeah, I can yeah, see
2: that. It's it's probably that. Yeah, that
1: makes sense. That makes sense. Well,
0: Tanoda, thank you so much for your time today and joining us for the Flow Track Podcast. We're super proud of you, super excited. And Ashley and I, crossing our fingers, we're looking forward to seeing you at NCAAs and we're just wishing you all the best this year.
2: Thank you guys. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you. I just think it's always so good when you get to see the athletes that you saw at that high school level just growing and flourishing. You know, at the collegiate level, makes my heart so happy. So. So, anywho, this was such a great weekend, and I feel like we need to kick things off and just talk about Wayne and Kalati. Cooper tier as they take on the USA track and field cross country championships over the weekend. Ashley, let's break all of this down. Let's talk about the women's field first because honestly, I know last week we talked and we had questions whether or not Wayney Kaladi was going to toe the line. We're like, man, that's going to be tough coming after that half marathon American record, but Wayney did it. So Ashley, just what were your thoughts on the whole performance that she had?
1: Yeah, I mean, shoot, I think the my takeaway is like what can Wayney Caladi not do? I mean, she she goes a week prior, like you mentioned, she goes and sets the American women's half marathon record in her first ever half marathon, one of six twenty five, in Houston. Then a week later she travels to Richmond for the cross country championships and she wins this ten K in thirty two fifty eight, which I mean she I believe she beat the rest of the field by close to forty seconds. So I mean this was a pretty dominant yeah. this is a pretty dominant effort from Wayney. And I think this just shows the kind of range that she has you know she can drop down to that 10k on you know the cross-country course and put out something special but then she can also take it all the way up to that half marathon level on the roads and do something crazy at this point i'm like i just want to see her in a marathon like i want to see what she can do like that's for me i feel like that's the next step that i want to see from wayne kaladi but that was just again like I, th- I think she's it's obvious that her fitness is at a very high level right now and again she can kind of tackle it all Yeah, I agree. I, I,
0: I'm just kind of mind blown because there's I feel like personally just having those back to back weekends, like she did, it's super challenging and you're putting in really hard efforts back to back half marathon, and then coming here and putting down a really solid 10 K it's just insane. And I kind of agree. I want to see what she can run a full marathon in
1: right now. I wish we could see her at the, at the Olympic marathon trials. I really wish we could. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, come on. Just, like, I wish. I wish. I wish. Yeah.
0: Um. And I know there was other great performances. I want to give a huge shout-out to Ali Ostrander, just finishing yes. fourth overall. Um, Emma Hurley was second with a 33-35, and then Katie Camarena was third with a thirty-three forty. Uh. It's just impressive how all these ladies came together, qualified for and made it to the world championship making the world championship team for USA but actually i felt like the men's side very interesting i was kind of looking at the splits and it just seemed like everyone was just kind of it was more tactical i felt like compared to the women's race like winnie collati went out there had a mission she was pretty much winning that whole entire race you look at the men's field back and forth know leaders but everybody was still right there but what were some of your takeaways from this men's
1: race yeah i mean i kind of agree like pretty much every uh, there's a lot of guys there right there until about that final 1k where you see cooper tier he kind of tried to separate and put a gap on the field and he put a five second gap on the field and he takes the win in his first race i believe since leaving the barman track club um and he takes the win in 2906.5 so that's a pretty big, I would say that's like very good win considering the, you know, lots of changes going on for Cooper Tier in terms of coaching in that training environment. So for him to then come into this race and take this win, I feel like it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. And you touched on it. It was just another thought
0: I had in my mind too. When you go through all those changes during a season, you you just don't know how it's going to impact the athlete. And I, I think Cooper Tier is doing great things, winning it in 26, 23. Anthony Rotish was second with a 29.11, and then uh, Ahmad Mujahid was third, 29.12. Again, very tactical race on the guys' side, kind of to be expected as we've talked about previously over different course races. Like I'm thinking about NCAA's, right? We saw Parker Valby, Caitlin Tui doing their thing, and we saw Graham Blanks kind of, you know, staying in the mix, winning that title later on. Very tactical across the board and it seemed like it was a very chilly day also so i feel like ideally perfect conditions for running this 10k race and it was just incredible so we finally have the results in fantastic running across the board now i think the biggest in my personal opinion i think this really took it to the next level we saw some altitude runs sub force all right let's talk about nico young because i was almost in disbelief i was like there's no way (laughs) seven thousand feet in altitude breaking sub four going 357. ashley what were your thoughts when you when you saw 357 come across your phone with nico's nico young's name next to it
1: yeah so if you aren't already aware over the past weekend nico young of nau ran at altitude in Flagstaff, an indoor mile, and he runs three fifty-seven in the Skydome in Flagstaff. Like, that's just unheard of. He becomes the first man to ever break four minutes in the mile at altitude, at that seven thousand feet mark. And when you look at the altitude conversion, it converts all the way down to a three forty-eight seventy-one, which is just like insane. Like, I think this just shows like, dang, like Nico's at like a whole nother fitness level, and it's only January. You know, like he's obviously been putting in this work. Since the end of the cross country season and now going into indoor and again, like, what can he not do? I'm like, all right, like, what's the next step? I I mean, I think he's running this weekend, I believe at the John Thomas Terrier classic, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Yeah. So I guess that, I mean, that will be his next step, but like, that just, I think is a great, you know, starting point for him as we go through the rest of the season.
0: It's a great starting point. I, I feel like Nico is ready and he's ready to take 2024 and buy storm. As we talked with Tonota, it's an Olympic year. We're about to see some extraordinary things I feel like happen at the beginning of the year because everyone's mindset is like, I got to make this team. and I have to put in the effort. And it's very clear that Nico has been putting in the work. And I think he's ready to do something spectacular. And as you mentioned, converts to a 348. Incredible. Another athlete to do something amazing. You and I were both texting and watching this live. uh, Hoptam Samuel in Albuquerque clocked a 3.5912. Again, another race in altitude. Great performance by the New Mexico athlete. So, Ashley, what were your thoughts? Because we were also watching this, as I mentioned, and it it looked like he was pushing, and then at one point it looked like he was hanging on, and then at one point it looked like he was putting more effort, and I was just like, oh, please get sub four, please get sub four, and then boom, 3. 359 and it was a low one too so what did you think about hopton samuel's performance in albuquerque
1: yeah i mean we saw samuel at ncaa cross country championships get second yeah. there to grand blanks but like i mean this he obviously showed here he can get run something pretty dang fast in the mile and again it's all only early in the season and it was a pretty loaded you know it was a solid field yeah you, know, you had some puma elite running at athletes in this mix as well here we have the race video from this meet at the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Invitational and again I believe this converts down closer to like 353 I believe when you convert it down um, to like sea level and again I think actually this brings up to me an important question and an important point going forward like I feel like kind of the past notion or thought is like okay if if you're running them, it's it's hard to run distance events at altitude, right? Like it is. It's much it's much more challenging. But right. when you when you take into account that you can get like a like if you can run fast at altitude and get one of those crazy conversions, like why not do it? Like I feel like now this why may not? start yeah. a trend where we see even more distance athletes going to these events at altitude to try and get those conversions to then qualify specifically for, you know, NCAA indoors get those qualifying marks, which I, I think that's kind of interesting.
0: I am right there with you. I 100% want to see more of that. I feel like, and again, high schoolers are thinking going sub four. And I feel like collegiates also are, you know, they're trying to get as close as they can further away from that four minute mark. So how do we stretch ourselves? You know, like Tanoda just talked about stretching himself really putting in some really big marks that might feel unattainable so let's just see what happens when you run an altitude i am all i'm
1: all for it i mean again that conversion is real nice that is a real nice conversion real nice i mean shoot like nico young's converts to 348 which ranks him, i think is like among some of the top 10 american performances ever in the mile that conversion time which again crazy and so i think this could start a trend maybe Maybe going into next year, something like that going forward where we will see more distance athletes potentially, especially maybe in that mile, try to try to run at altitude.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that would be something to really strive for and push forward to like accomplishing. I think that's great. Also, on the dock, big news drops. The third distance runner makes their commitment that they're going pro. We heard Caitlin Tue, we heard rooks from BYU. And now Addie Wiley is the third. And after one year at being at Huntington University, she's accumulated seven NIA titles across the indoor, outdoor, and cross-country seasons and makes her decision that Paul Doyle is going to be her agent. She turned pro with Adidas and we're six months ahead of the Olympic trials. So Ashley, does this come as a surprise
1: to you at the moment? Or you're like, I mean, I mean, to be honest, based on the, what the year that she had last year, no, this really doesn't come as much of a surprise to me. You know, she was among one of those top finalists in the 1500 at the, the USA Track and Field Championships outdoors last year, and she almost made that world team in the 1500. She finished fifth in that race, and so she's like you said too. She's also gone 157 in the 800, which is a stellar time. So I think this is purposefully done, very strategic. She is trying to make this Olympic team whether it's the 1500 or the 800 or 5k who knows i mean but i'd I'd guess probably 15 or 1800 1500 or 800 i mean again she is someone that i mean she destroyed everyone at the naia level um, when she was at huntington and i think this is just the next step that we were all kind of just waiting for at least in my opinion at this point after
0: you know rooks i was i was like okay it it is what it is people are just gonna go pro right now, which, you know, do you do what, do what you think is best. And I feel like Addie has just had an extraordinary career. As you mentioned, three, 157 in the 800, she's also gone 359 in the 15. Those are number 11 and number 10 number 10 all time on the American all time list. So this, she's a stellar athlete. So get after it, do what you need to do and might as well, you know, get paid for it because you're running fast times and, She's one of those unique athletes where, as you mentioned, Ashley, she could do the eight and she can do that 1500. And so, and she's a threat in both events, in my personal opinion. So just got to hang tight. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what she does in, you know, her now professional
1: career, which I think is super spectacular. Yeah, I think she, I think she honestly legit has a, like a, a very, very legit shot of making that Olympic team. I mean, we saw how she raced last year and I was, I was very impressed. And so I I think she's one of those top American women in the 1500. And it's I mean, if she's now devoting that time to, you know, training full time as a pro, I think that's that's just that could be the X factor for her. Mm -hmm.
0: Before we dive into the BU entries that we're super excited for this upcoming weekend, Ashley, let's talk about the most impressive moment of the weekend. So much happened season debuts. Again, we saw Tonota break the national record in the 1K. But there were so many other things that happened. What was
1: the biggest moment for you and the biggest takeaway? I think the biggest moment for me was watching Rashida Adelike run a 60. A 60. I mean, we don't see that very often from the 400-meter specialist. Um, she's in her first yeah. season running as a pro. She runs 7.15 to win the 60-meter at the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. collegiate invitational she breaks her own Irish national record in the event. She had previously held it at 717, and so she lowers it just a little bit. Liv, I think this is just remarkable, and I think this is, to see, again, a 400-meter specialist have that top-end speed to run 715 the 60, I think that's really impressive. And to me, that shows where she is currently at. Like, she's obviously been working on that top-end speed, that start, that can help her in the 400 get out of that blocks, really powerful. Um, so I don't like it. Like, dang! Like, what a way to open your season.
0: On top of that, Ashley, she went twenty-two forty-nine in the two hundred.
1: I know. I'm like, Which... what a double! Like, incredible, incredible. <laughs> and I believe that was she finished uh, second to Julian Alfred in that race. There, um, yeah. second fastest time in the world. I believe Julian ran the the fastest time in the world currently right now. I mean, yeah. I think that shows. I mean, I've always like. Looking, I guess looking back at like you know last year, all these athletes, you know Rashida, Julian Alfred, they were all at UT, part of that really special sprint squad there. I've always been big fans of them, and so now seeing them transition to this pro level, I'm like, man, I'm excited. I'm very excited.
0: Yeah, same. Let's talk about Julian Alfred because my brain automatically goes to Milrose. I think Julian Alfred, Dina Atchersmith Smith, face off. i I'm, I'm excited because you know Dina moved and she's. Training in Austin now with Julian and of course the the Longhorn program. I was excited. Okay, my brain right now. Okay, so <laughs> let me go to Dina Asher-Smith, then I'll move back to Julian because I yeah. was so impressed with Dina Asher-Smith. She broke the British 300 meter record, went 36.77. We kind of saw the same thing happen with Adesha Hodge at the VA Showcase. Like we know these ladies can run a 200. Let's add an extra hundred. Let's see where your strength is right yeah. now and. I was so impressed with Dina running a thirty six seventy seven remarkable performance. And then you think about Julian Alfred, as you mentioned, rain that 222, wasted zero time. Zero. Ashley zero. She <laughs> is here. She is here. The woman is ready to go. And the fact that she is strong right now and fast, Oh boy,
1: this makes Milrose even that much more exciting. I mean, Coach Flo knows what he's doing. Coach Flo knows what he's doing. And I think that these ladies are going to be among that crew that, you know, when you're going forward to the summer, when you're looking ahead to Paris, they're going to be some of those ones that are favorites for medals, at least in my eyes. And so I think that this is just the very beginning and we're already seeing glimmers of what's to come. And I'm just like super pumped. All right, a few other highlights I think we should discuss
0: briefly. Jamisia Ford. I feel like every episode we just need to talk about the Gamecock here. 51.60 for a world lead in this 400 meters. We've, we've seen her do a couple 300s. She's been running that 4x4, four four, but she finally did it by herself. Her in the blocks in the time. 51.60. Just incredible. Not surprised at this point because we know – what she's been doing in that 300 but 5160 Ashley just
1: blows your mind yeah I mean it's early too yeah I was gonna say it's early and I don't think I think you could probably argue that not everyone was expecting her to get off to a start like this yeah you know in the NCAA ranks as just a true freshman and the fact that she's not only running you know some of the like the fastest times in the NCAA but some of the fastest time in the world currently right now I think that speaks a lot Um, you know, just in terms of what kind of fitness Jamiesha is currently in right now. And so I think this 51-6, like, what else can I say? Based on her 300s, I'm not surprised by the time. But, yeah, I think she's definitely going to be someone that people need to have their eyes on when you're looking ahead to the NCAA Indoor Championships. Absolutely. And just kind of looking into
0: the hurdles, you had Devin Charlton going 775 in the 60-meter hurdles for the world lead. Trey Cunningham debuts his season with a 747 and his 60 meter hurdles. Casey Lightfoot goes six meters in the pole vault. But on top of that, we saw a U-20 European record fall in the 200. Let me introduce you to Merrick Zawarowski. I think it's how you say his name. Zach Rebs- 18 Rebs- years old. Sorry, go ahead. What'd you say? <laughs> no, I think it's Zakarowski. Zakarowski, thank you. 18 years old from Poland goes 2080 this is the ninth fastest time somewhere in that ballpark in the world right now that is insane you yep. absolutely insane so lots of great performances across the board this weekend which makes me get even more excited for what is to come at the bu john thomas terrier classic it is going to be loaded absolutely loaded i feel like the energy is going to be through the roof at bu Ashley, what can we expect
1: in these races to come over the weekend? I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm just very excited. There's so much <laughs> happening that I'm like, oh, my gosh. Who who would ever get excited for a 5K like this? I'm super pumped, though. We're going to have multiple heats, at least on the men's side, some, for some very fast 5Ks. You know, looking at some of the headliners, you're going to have Yara Nagoose, Woody Kincaid, and on the women's side, you're going to have Gisette Andrews looking for that Olympic standard. And, again, mm. like, it's going to be – it's it's so loaded that like they have to make multiple heats that could leg- yeah. like both heats could legit be like in a, at any given meet like an insane heat um if you're looking at how it's going to be broken up running first and the scarlet heat is going to be Nagoose, joe klecker um jordy beamish morgan mcdonald all on hacker edwin Kurgot. so a lot of pros in there that are going to be working together and then if you're looking at the white heat you're going to have Woody Kincaid, also Kai Robinson of Stanford, Nico Young, like we mentioned earlier, Morgan Beatles come Sam Prakel. like, gosh, like, it's going to be really exciting. I, I, I think I'm just really yes. curious. I think I saw that uh, we got some pacing numbers and that I'm going to have to maybe Olivia, you talk about this while I pull this up and get to my next point. But what are you what are you excited for for some of these 5k's?
0: Oh, yeah, these 5k's are loaded. As you mentioned, you talked about the scarlet heat, the white heat, I wish we had Yard Nagoose and Woody Kincaid. If I can make one change, just them also be in the same heat together. Huge fan of Yard Nagoose. He's going to be going after something fast. I'm looking in, I'm looking forward to seeing where his fitness level is, and I think he can really drop down a really fast time. Uh, Woody Kincaid is the U.S. indoor record holder as well. And you know, we talked about Nico Young. What now? We're going to add. You know, some some distance into his legs a little bit after running that mile. I feel like we definitely have seen what he can do at that mile distance at altitude, and now as he goes to BU, he's going to have an opportunity to put something really remarkable down, get that competition that he is striving for. So, these five Ks are going to be all just fire emojis. Per yes, usual. I
1: like looking Could at you this.
0: Up? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. I was asking if you found the. Yeah, so was, that's
1: what I was going to say. Definitely. I found some of the pacing numbers we got. If you're looking at the top heats for the 5K, so those heats 1 and 2 that I was talking about, we're looking around mm-hmm. pacing for 1305 pace. Yeah, so there's so that. And then <laughs> when you're transitioning to the women's, let's see, you're looking at 1452, so 855 through 3K. Um, That's moving. Yeah, That's all I have to say about that. But um so yeah men's that's going to be really interesting and then you know if you're looking on the women's side i think the the women's 5k olympic standard that's going to be the key that's what they're trying to hit they're trying to pace for that 1452 qualifying mark for paris and andrews is going to be that top girl in that race running her first ever indoor 5k um in four years so i mean she's going to be kind of getting a refresh i guess at this distance indoors but hey bu is kind of kind of the place to do that at it's a pretty pretty quick track and she's going to be paced by her OAC teammate Alicia Munson who she already has the standard but um, you know it's going to be a really solid race. Yeah
0: I, I kind of like how uh, Munson is pacing this especially since she hit the standard last year at the Diamond League meet in London with the fourteen nineteen. and of course the objective is to get that standard as you mentioned fourteen fifty two. The thing is about Andrews is she already went 1443 last May, which is number seven time on the U.S. all-time list, but her performance came after, or excuse me, before the Olympic qualifying mm-hmm. window even opened. So that's why this is such a crucial moment for her to essentially re-qualify. We know she is capable of doing it. It's just now you've got to put it all together during this window time frame. So that's going to be an exciting one to watch. So look out for the men and the woman's 5k but also I want to just kind of sprinkle this out there the woman's 800 I'm also looking forward yeah. to we're going to see Rosheen Willis Juliet Woodaker and freshman Sophia Gurion who runs for Harvard they're they're at it again Ashley we saw them multiple meets during their high school careers go after it in that 800 and here we are again. Yeah, I feel like Little it's circle.
1: like you said. It's kind of like <laughs> reintroducing this high school matchup that now we're going to see for a few years to come. I think at the NCAA level and pro- potentially the pro level as well. Vershin and Juliet, yeah. the the, I mean, they're teammates at Stanford. They're obviously incredible 800 meter runners. And then Sophia Gorion, she's a freshman at Harvard. Um, she's also the top seed in the 500, I believe, as well. And they're going to be paced. It looks like. 58.5 i think through 400 am i correct i think that's what i found here for the for the women's 800 so okay it's gonna be it's gonna be quick i'm, I'm excited
0: it's gonna be a good one looking forward to it and uh ashley you are our go-to woman when it comes to all the live events <laughs> on the calendar yes this weekend so along with the bu meet are there any other meets that we should stay tuned for
1: yeah so obviously the the highlight of the weekend starting tomorrow will be the the bu john thomas Terre classic you can also watch the florida collegiate invitational in gainesville the bill Klinger classic and the new mexico team open um as well as we're gonna have the the first leg i believe of the world indoor tour which is pretty exciting so um you know hey we're i feel like we're now we're in the thick of things like things are getting a little spicy on the indoor track and the great news is you can watch a lot of this stuff on float track live.
0: Yeah. Live on flow track, which is amazing. So again, another big weekend in the books and another big weekend with a chapter one, we're just about to open it. It's about to be an exciting weekend for sure. So thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of the flow track podcast. Ashley and I are super excited to have you joining us. Please like subscribe. Also go to the site to get all the articles, the content
1: that we're going to be grabbing from
0: these meets. It's going to be a really big weekend, but we will see you
1: guys. Yes, Ashley. Yeah, I'll plug something. We have um, plug workout Wednesdays are back. Go check out our latest workout yes. Wednesday with Connor Rands, Clayton Young, and and uh, Nico Montana's. So that's exciting as well. Yes, workout Wednesdays are about to start
0: rolling through. So shout out to Brian dibel for all the work that he's been putting into. And we have some big ones that are coming up. Super excited for. So again, once that, uh, the news happens and we'll we'll definitely share it with you guys so thank you guys so much we'll see you next week and have a great weekend